This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. How to fight the good fight of faith. If you would go ahead and turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 6. And we're going to start in verse 12. How to fight the good fight of faith. Verse 12 says, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I want to pray before we go. Father, we love you so much. And tonight, Father, I just received the anointing to teach that your body is built up, your body is edified, equipped. Father, I expect the wisdom and insight is to each and every one of us exactly where we're at and what we're going through. That, Father, we are victorious warriors. We learn to win tonight in life. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So, Holy Spirit, you teach truth tonight. Teach us truth. We declare our eyes see, our ears hear, our heart is receptive to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, as we get into the word tonight, think about wherever you're at in life. Where, whatever we're going through, whether it's financially, whether it's a, a physical situation, you know, I was asking the Lord, uh, just listening about praying over symptoms, praying over situations. And I believe tonight that the Lord is going to give us strategies that, that you're going to step in to greater glory in your own personal time with the Lord. As we take what God is showing us through this teaching and we apply it in our quiet time with the Lord individually, in your businesses, in your families, whatever area of life that you just are prompted by the Holy Spirit to apply this to, that He will watch over His Word to perform it. Are you believing with me? First Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. I declare and I believe that we are a body of believers that they can't knock the faith out of us. They can't talk the faith out of us no matter what life throws our way. We are a faith people. We live by faith. We talk faith. We think faith. We live faith. We're born again by faith and we are told to live by faith. Amen. We are heritage of faith. Fight. This is going to be fun, isn't it? <laughs> Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Eternal life doesn't start whenever we get to heaven. Eternal life starts the moment that we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. It's the God kind of life. It's a quality of life. And he says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold. The word lay hold means obtain. It means to take. It means to receive. Receive the God kind of life. Take hold of the God kind of life. Lay hold of the God kind of life. Obtain the God kind of life. He says, fight the good fight of faith. What, what, what are we fighting against? Maybe circumstances. Maybe, maybe symptoms. Maybe feelings, maybe words that others have spoken. The devil has already been defeated, right? And it's a good fight because we win. 
fight the good fight of faith, lay hold of eternal life. Now go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life. 1 Timothy chapter 4. Now this is the seasoned Paul ministering to the youngster Timothy right before Paul makes his departure. He's passing the baton. He's, he's pouring into Timothy. Verse 1, he says, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who will judge the living and the dead at His appearing and His kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. Why would he say preach the word? Because there would be opportunities. Sometimes people want to preach their opinions. They want to preach their experiences. They want to preach their feelings. They want to they preach health. They want to preach diet. They want to preach what they think. They want to preach what they learned in seminary. They want to preach what they learned at the cemetery. They want to preach what they... He said, young Timothy, preach the word. You know, I've been asked by ministers when I, I travel, we travel all over the world and uh, Trey, you give too many scriptures. Can you give one scripture and some stories? And that's fine whenever you only have a few moments. But you know, just like I do, it's only the Word that brings victory. Yes, Jesus used stories, but it was along with the Word. It's only the Word that has the power to save our soul. It's only the Word that carries the power of God unto salvation. It's only the Word that renews our mind. It's only the Word that quickens our spirit. It's only the Word that He sent to bring healing to our body. It's only the Word that sets us free. It's only the Word that cuts and divides and separates. It's only His Word that accomplishes His will on earth as it is in heaven. It is His Word. Paul says, Timothy, preach the Word. Preach the Word. He says, be in season and out of season with the Word. When you feel like it, with the Word. When you don't feel like it, with the Word. When you go to the supermarket, with the Word. When you go to your business, with the Word. Timothy, I need you to wrap around the Word. I need you to think the Word. I need you to speak the Word. I need you to live the Word. He says, convince with the Word. Exhort with the Word. Rebuke with the Word. Instruct with the Word. Inspire with the Word. Encourage with the Word. It is the Word of God that is the carrier of the DNA of God. He says, Timothy, the Word will get you over anything. The Word. How do we fight the good fight of faith? With the Word. With the Word. Verse 3. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. In other words, they will only listen to what they want to hear. There will be times, and we're living in those times. I've had people look me straight in the eye and say, I know what the Bible says, but I don't want to do that. People want, Heather and I was talking about this last night, people want God to be okay with their sin. 
Now listen, we've got to be real with ourselves. You hear this saying quite often. You've got to accept me just the way that I am. You know, God accepts us the way that we are. But I've never seen Him leave a person the way that they were. When that person is willing to accept the Word. When that person is willing to accept the leading of the Holy Spirit. When that person is willing to to open up every part of our life to God, He will not leave you the way that you are. Yes, we come as we are, but we don't stay the way we were. We go from faith to faith, glory to glory. So I don't care if you're a lesbian, a homosexual, I don't care if you're a drug addict, uh, whatever it is, you come to God and you open your heart up to God. He accepts you the way that you are, but He loves you too much to leave you there. That's why He says, how do you fight the good fight of faith? You fight it with the Word. You fight it with your words. Being in agreement with God's Word. Fight the good fight of faith. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5, he says, But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Fulfill your ministry. Fulfill your ministry. Ministry is not just the fivefold offices. It's a part of the ministry. The apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist. Our job is to equip the saints so you can fulfill your ministry. It's your ministry when you go to the bank. It's your ministry when you go to the job site. It is your ministry when you walk into the supermarket. It is your ministry as being a dad, a mom. It is your ministry of being a son, a daughter. It is your ministry when you get up in the morning. He says, fulfill your ministry. This was not a suggestion. This was a mandate. He just didn't come up with it. He had got his orders from the Most High God Himself. And he said, Timothy, this is your command. Fulfill your ministry. Do the work of an evangelist. What does an evangelist do? An evangelist is anointed by God to share the gospel, to live the gospel, to proclaim the gospel. It isn't just up here preaching. He says, you do the work of the, ministry, of the evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Live the word and allow the Holy Spirit to work on people's hearts, to draw them unto Jesus. Fulfill your ministry. How do we fight the good fight of faith? We live the word. We think the word. We speak the word. We talk the word. We fight the good fight of faith with the word. Verse 6. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. Now remember, he's passing the baton to Timothy. You know, when we travel and stuff, and you've probably seen this at the, at the airport whenever you're sitting there, it has arrivals and it has departures. It has arrivals and it has departures. And this is Paul saying that my departure is at hand. And that's not a bad thing. See, we look at death one way, but God looks at it as another way. It's not the termination of something. For born-again children of God, it's promotion. It's just transition. We go to sleep here and we wake up there. He says, the time of my departure is at hand. Verse 7, this is what we want to be able to say whenever the time of our departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. 
I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. I have fought the good fight. Now, I want us to think about ourselves here. Am I going to be able to say I fought the good fight? Because there's no fight that you're facing that you cannot win. There's no sickness that you cannot beat. There's no lack you cannot overcome. There's no addiction you cannot win against when we fight the good fight of faith. He says, I fought the good fight. I finished my race. I just didn't start my race. I just didn't get my sneakers and and I got my number on my back and I got a baton in my hand. He says, no, I finished it. A lot of times we want to start in our journey with God, but don't you stop in the middle. Finish. Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. He says, I fought the good fight. I finished my race. I finished. I finished. Say finished. Finished. Don't you quit in the middle. You know, it can be messy when you quit in the middle. Ladies, gentlemen, maybe some of you. What if we stopped right in the middle of you baking a cake. It sure is messy in the kitchen, isn't it? No, we like you to finish. Tastes a lot better when you finish. If you were to go into surgery and you stopped right in the middle, it'd be a little messy. It'd look like somebody got murdered in there, right? Want them to finish, right? If we were to build something and we just got started and we quit right in the middle... When the rain come, you'd get wet. When the hell come, you'd get dinged. Finish. Say finish. Finish. He says, I've fought the good fight. I've finished my race. I have kept the faith. John 17, verse 4, what did Jesus say? He said, told the Father, he says, I've glorified you down here on earth by finishing what you've sent me to do. Finish. Don't you quit. I don't care how hard it is. Don't you quit. How do we fight the good fight of faith? We fight it with the Word of God. Don't you? I know, I know it can be tiring sometimes, but finish. I know you can get a little weary sometimes, but finish. What, what's the, what's the uh, encouragement? What's the shot in the arm? What's the thing that's going to bring you up whenever you feel down? It's the Word. How do we fight the good fight of faith? It's the Word shared with you before. There was a time when the Lord says, you know, Trey, the times that you've been in the hospital and stuff, you know, I'd had a lot of surgeries and stuff growing up on my feet. I was never supposed to wear boots or walk, but you can see I'm wearing boots and I can walk and I can run. And... But it was just like those times, you don't feel that IV doing anything. And there's times in life when you don't feel like the Word's doing anything, but if you keep the Word connected to your heart and you keep the Word connected to your mind and you keep the Word in your mouth, just like that IV, strength is coming, hope is coming, courage is coming, faith is coming, light is coming, answers are coming, strength is coming, life is coming. Just keep it pumping, keep it pumping, keep it pumping. I'm here to pump you up. Remember that one? That's what the Word does. It pumps you up. Hmm. Go back to 1 Timothy chapter 6. <laughs> Say, thank God for the Word. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. How do we fight the good fight of faith? Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. 
Now notice he could have said anything right here, and it's important that we keep the scripture in context. You know, if I were to write you a letter and you were just to pull out a few words and look up the meaning of those few words, it would make me say something probably I didn't mean to say. But if you read the whole letter and you keep it in context, context, you can get my heart on whatever I'm talking about. It's the same way with God's word. He's telling us how to fight the good fight of faith. And he says in verse 12, have confessed the good confession. Say confession. confession. Verse 13, I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all things and before Christ Jesus who witnessed the good confession. Say confession. confession. Before Pontius Pilate. Now notice that before Pontius Pilate, so he's saying, okay, God is watching. Jesus is watching the way that you and I fight the good fight of faith. And they are watching, wanting us to win the same way Jesus won. He says the same way Jesus had the good confession in the presence of Pontius Pilate, I want you to have the same good confession no matter what pressure you face. He says, how do you fight the good fight of faith? And he connects it to the good confession. Confession means to say the same thing as. How do you win? Say the same thing God says. How do we increase financially? Say the same thing God says. How do we overcome in our physical bodies? Say the same thing God says. How do we keep our families together? Say the same thing God says. How do we get our hearts beating? And this is prophetic for somebody watching. How do you get your physical heart beating? Say the same thing that God says. How do we keep our minds sharp? Say the same thing God says. How do we just get to growing and going? We say the same thing God says. He says, how do you fight the, the, the fight of faith? You say the same thing God says. See, words, words are containers. We can either put faith into a word or we can put fear into words. Words are just containers. Look at Proverbs 18. Hold your place there. Go to Proverbs 18, 21. How do we fight the good fight of faith? And he connects it with the good confession. Good confession. Proverbs 18, verse 20. In the Amplified, it says, A man's moral self shall be filled with the fruit of his mouth. And with the consequence of his words, he must be satisfied whether good or evil. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it for death or for life. Words are containers. Are the words coming out of my mouth concerning my finances, my physical body, my relationships in all areas of life? Am I fighting the good fight of faith when God is watching and Jesus is watching and they are? Am I setting myself up to win the same way Jesus won? By fighting the fight of faith with a good confession, by saying what my father says. Remember 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5, it says it's important for us to examine ourselves because we can get to looking at everybody else, but we've got to ask, how am I doing? How am I doing in my fight of faith? How am I doing with my confession? Am I saying the same thing that God says? Words are containers. Think with me. Take the word hello, hi. Hello. Hello. 
Hi. I look at my wife. Hello. See how we can put whatever we want in words that are containers? We'll carry that on later. <laughs> you know. Hello. That's right. Hello. Go with me to James 3. I'm moving on there. I don't, we want to stay flowing with the Spirit, right? James, James chapter 3. Hello. 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 Hi. How's it going? Words are containers. James chapter 3. How do we fight the good fight of faith with a good confession? Say a good confession. When pressure comes on, is your confession good? Is it full of life or is it full of death? When you look at your bank account, is it full of life or is it full of death? Whenever you go in for the physical, is your confession full of life or full of death? James chapter 3, verses 1. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Verse 2. For we all stumble in many things, and if anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Verse 3. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Verse 5, even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. So how great a forest a little fire kindles. Remember, words are containers. He says our tongue, the words coming out of our mouth... Just like a bit, they're going to turn the horse to the left or they're going to turn the horse to the right. They're going to stop things. They're going to release things. They're going to pick up things. They're going to shift things. Just like the little rudder on that ship, what we continue to say is going to turn the course of our life. He says, just like a little spark that can light up the whole forest, the words coming out of our mouth are going to set the course of our life. How do we fight the good fight of faith with a good confession? Revelations chapter 19. Go with me there. How do we fight the good fight of faith? Now go to Revelations 1. Revelations chapter 1. How did Jesus fight the good fight of faith? Revelations chapter 1 verse 16. That's at the end of your Bible, just in case you're looking for it. Revelations chapter 1 verse 16. He had in his right hand seven stars out of his mouth when a sharp two-edged sword. How did Jesus overcome out of his mouth when a sharp two-edged sword and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength? How do we fight the good fight of faith? When we open our mouth and make good confessions, we say the same thing that God says regardless of how we feel, regardless of what it looks like, regardless of the pressure. We open our mouth and it says that His countenance was like the sun shining in His strength. You know, when you spend time declaring the Word of God and fighting the good fight of faith, your countenance will even change. That you no longer look defeated. You no longer look saggy. You'll look bright. You'll look shiny. You won't look crusty and crotchety and like a sourpuss. You're going to look like a winner. You're going to look like an overcomer. You're going to have a smile on your face, right? Why? Because you're opening your mouth and you're winning the fight. By what's coming out of your mouth. And if you look in the mirror and you still look sourpuss, then don't come out. Keep declaring. Keep opening your mouth. 
Revelation chapter 2. <laughs> Verse 16. Repent. Or else I will come to you quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. How did Jesus fight? By opening his mouth. You and I are created in the image and likeness of Almighty God. And he created with the words of his mouth. Ephesians 5.1 says, be imitators of God as dear children. To operate like our father operates. How did he operate? He opened his mouth. He opened his mouth. Jesus fought by opening his mouth. How do we fight? Not with our fist, even though we want to sometimes. Not by screaming or, or crying or moaning or sucking our thumb and pulling our ear. How do we fight? We open our mouth. Go back with me to Mark chapter 4. The words of our mouth. How do we fight the good fight of faith? We open our mouth with a good confession. A good confession. Make a decision tonight. I'm going to have a good confession no matter what my flesh says, no matter what the circumstance says. Why? Why, why, why does the enemy want to keep our mouth shut? Because if our mouth stays shut or our mouth is speaking contradictory to the Word of God, we don't win. We don't overcome. 1 John 5, 4 says this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So if the devil can keep our mouth shut, Revelations 12, 11, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. How do we overcome? By the word of our testimony. How did Jesus overcome? By the words that come out of his mouth. How did God create? By the words that come out of his mouth. How do we create? By the words that come out of our mouth. How do we change things? By the words that come out of our mouth. How do we win the fight? By the words that come out of our mouth. How do we lose the fight? By the words that come out of our mouth. Why does he want to stop? Why does the devil want to stop the words that come out of our mouth being in alignment with God's word? Mark chapter 4, verse 13. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. How do we overcome? With the word. How do we win the fight of faith? With the word, verse 15, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their heart. Satan wants to stop the word from producing. Because in verse 20, it says those who receive the word, accept the word, welcome the word, produce 30, 60, 100 fold. God wants his word to perform. He wants his word to produce the devil can't stop God. The devil can't stop the Holy Spirit. The devil can't stop the Word. That's why he says, fight the good fight of faith with the good confession. Because it's the good confession that's going to give God something to watch over. God watches over His Word to perform it. Now, God isn't going to make us say His Word. He isn't going to make us think His Word. It is a choice and a decision on our part. Remember, what are we fighting against? Ephesians 6, 12 says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. The word wrestle comes from the Greek word pale, which paints the picture of the big stadium the, the, where they used to fight. The boxers, the wrestle, wrestlers, the pancreatus, they called them. They would train 
and there were no rules. And they were the, the fighters that had the spikes on their gloves and they, they would take off their nose and you see the old paintings of them without their nose right here to the side and they would pick them up and they would break their spines and they would break their necks and there were no rules. They fought until somebody lived or died. And he's saying this is the way that the devil operates. We don't wrestle against somebody who goes by the rules. We wrestle against somebody who there is no rules, against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, wickedness in heavenly places. He's talking rank, order, authority in the, in the demonic realm. He's saying there are no rules. They don't fight fair. He wants to cut a deal. Hey, let, let, let's just make a deal. And there's times that probably all of us have felt some in our life. Let's just, man, would you just back off? Until we learn that he ain't backing off until we resist him. He ain't backing off until we open our mouth and speak God's word. He's not backing off until we put him in his place. Yes, he's defeated, but we've got to enforce his defeat and our victory. How do we fight the good fight with the word coming out of our mouth? Not with whining coming out of your mouth. Not with complaining coming out of your mouth. Not with defeat coming out of your mouth. You can sit over in the corner and suck your thumb and whine and be a penny waste if you want. But it's time for us to be bold, to rise up, to get good at fighting, to get good at winning, to get good at declaring, to get good at just what our elder brother Jesus did. He opened his mouth and he won with his words. How do, we, how do we win the fight? How do we fight the good fight of faith? With a good confession. How's our confession? How are the words coming out of our mouth? 2 Timothy, go back over there, verse 6. So I'm glad I came tonight. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, fight. The good fight of faith lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Verse 13, I urge you in the sight of God. In the sight of God, God is watching how we fight. God is watching when our feet hit the floor every day. I urge you in the sight of God, he says, who gives life to all things. God wants to, to give life to everything we will allow him to bring life to. And before Christ Jesus, who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate. Now, now go with me to John chapter 18. On the way to John, let's, let's stop in Romans 10. This is, I just, let's just touch on this real quick. How do we fight the good fight of faith with a good confession? Romans chapter 10, verse 6. It says, but the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? What is he talking about there? What does it say, the righteousness of faith? What does the righteousness of faith say? 
You come out of the kingdom of darkness when you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Now you are the righteousness of God in Him. So what do you say? Now that you're no longer under the lordship of Satan, now what do you say? Now that sin no longer has dominion over you, what do you say? What does righteousness say? What does righteousness say? What do I say? He goes on to tell us right here. Verse 8, what does it say? The word is near you. The word to get your body healed is near you. The word to bring increase into your life is near you. The word to produce your destiny is near you. The word to keep your family together is near you. The word that overcomes Satan is near you. The word that wins is near you. Where is it? Near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made. Confession is made. Confession saying the same thing is made unto salvation. Salvation is healing, soundness, provision, wholeness, protection. Confession saying the same thing unto salvation. Saying the same thing. When the pressure comes on, what are we going to do? We're going to say the same thing. No matter what we're facing, what are we going to do? We're going to say the same thing. We're going to open our mouth and let the Word of God come out of our mouth. What does the righteousness of God do? What does it say? It believes in its heart and says with its mouth. See, confession, believing, how do we fight the fight of faith? How do we win? has to do with believing and saying. Believing, saying, and doing. Believing, saying, doing. Hearing, believing, saying, and doing. Hearing, faith comes by hearing. Then we believe. And we, you know, most of the time, whenever pressure comes on, most of the church doesn't instantly think, I better load my heart and I better load my mouth with the word. But it says righteousness sounds like this. Sounds like the word coming out of your mouth. Sounds like the word being in your heart. The word of righteousness says it's near you, right under your nose. The answer is right under our nose. To turn us, just like that rudder on that ship, to turn the situation, it's right under our nose. To ignite that whole force to fire, to set your life on fire with the, the, the glory of God, the power of God, the anointing of God, it's right under your nose. To bring deliverance from that addiction, it's right under your nose. I remember, as I, of course, the Lord delivered me from a lot of stuff, but one of them, I, I dipped snuff for, for 17 years. Grew up all through the elementary and stuff, you know, sit there and had it in my mouth the whole time, you know, the little kid and everything. And I got fed up. When I got saved, I wanted, I wanted completely saved. I wanted free from everything. And I remember I heard Brother Hagin say this years ago. Somehow I got, you know, heard from Dr. Savell and Brother Copeland and them, Brother Hagin. And he was talking about every, every time that he was talking about a guy doing a cigarette. Every time he'd take a puff or whatever, say, thank you, Lord, I'm, I'm free. So I just started doing that. Every time I'd stick a dip in my mouth, thank you, Lord, I'm free. Thank you, Lord, I'm free. And I found Proverbs 4.20, my son be addicted to my word. I was addicted to the word. Thank you, Lord, I'm free. Thank you, Lord, I'm free. What was, what was coming out of my mouth? Freedom, whoever the sun sets free is free indeed. Thank you, Lord, I'm free. Thank you, Lord, I'm free. Faith came to a point where I had more faith in my freedom than I did in the addiction. 
And that was the same thing. You can get your faith where you have more faith in your freedom than you do your bondage. More faith in the freedom than you do in your lack. More faith in the freedom than you do in your sickness. More faith in the freedom than you do in any bondage that you'd say, devil, I ain't having anything that you want to you dish out. How do we fight the good fight of faith? With the words coming out of our mouth. John chapter 18. Now we're going to take a look at what Jesus did. Because you see just confidence in His relationship with the Heavenly Father. Verse 33, John 18, verse 33. Then Pilate entered the praetorium again, or the judgment hall. And he called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered him, Are you speaking for yourself about this, or did others tell you this concerning me? Pilate answered him, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Verse 36, this is where he starts his good confession right here. Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews, but now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king. Notice this. Listen listen to the confidence in Jesus' voice. Listen when pressure came on, what came out of his voice? What came out of his mouth? There was no squirming. See, Pilate, he was an evil man. I mean, he had the power of life and death as far as people went. There were people that were making sacrifices to the animals, so he'd go over there and he'd kill the people and mix their blood just for the sport of it. I mean, he he was a demonic, evil man, and here he is talking to Jesus, and most Christians would have backed off right here because they know, boy, what I say right here matters. Jesus thought the same thing. What I say right here matters. What we say when pressure comes on matters. What we say about our body matters. What we say about our family, it matters. What we say about our finances, it matters. If we want to come up, we got to come up in our mouth first. Pilate therefore said to him, are you, are you a king then? Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a king. You know, the Bible calls you and I kings. And how does a king think? How does a king talk? When a, when a king wants a ditch dug, he doesn't go looking for a shovel. A king says, I want the ditch dug, and things begin to happen to get the ditch dug. For this cause I was born. Notice Jesus' confession. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I've come into the world. See, when you know your cause... When you know your cause, you can sit there and look every obstacle and every problem right in the eyes saying, you don't win. You can't take me out. You can't stop God. You can't stop the words. You can't stop the Holy Spirit for this cause. Remember David in 1 Samuel 17, he says, "For is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? Do you know your cause? Jesus said, for this cause, I was born. For this cause, I've come into the world. Now, you can skip over to John chapter 19. Now, in this time frame right here, even Pilate's wife had had a dream about Jesus. And she come to Pilate and says, you better not mess with this man. Verse 10. Then Pilate said, 
Are you not speaking to me? Do you not know that I have power to crucify you and power to release you? And Jesus whimpered and whined. He said, will somebody hold me? No, that's not what he said. And Jesus answered, you could have no power at all against me unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, the one who delivered me to you has the greater sin. Notice what he said. You could have no power at all against me. Notice the good confession. You can have no power at all against me, Satan. You can have no power at all against me, Pilate. Cancer, you listen to me. You have no power against me at all. Lack, you listen to me. You have no power against me at all. Depression, you listen to me. You have no power against me at all. When the pressure comes on, how do we fight the good fight of faith? How do we lay hold? See, there should be something that rises up on the inside of us. We had the spirit of faith, therefore we believe, therefore we speak. 2 Corinthians 4.13 We have the DNA of Almighty God. When the life gets to hitting on us, there should be something that rises up on the inside of us and say, no you don't, devil. No you don't, demons. No you don't, lack. No you don't, depression. No you don't, addiction. No you don't, poverty. You have no power over me. The same spirit that was in Jesus is the same spirit that's in us. How do we fight the good fight of faith with the good confession? Matthew chapter 4, you can look at it in your own time, but how did Jesus overcome every temptation in the wilderness? He would open his mouth and he would say, it is written. He would say, it is written. What are you saying to your problem? What are you saying to your obstacle? What are you saying to your hindrance? What are you saying tonight whenever you go home? What are you going to say to your body? What are you going to say to the demonic spiritual attacks against your family? What are you going to say? Kumbaya, my Lord. No, that ain't what you're going to say. We're going to open our mouth. We should, some should rise up on the inside of us and say, uh-uh. Uh-uh. I know years ago I was going through some very difficult times and the Lord had me go get the movie Rocky. You've seen the movie Rocky, right? And he said, Trey, this is what's happening. Whenever you begin to stand up and you begin to use your mind and you use your heart and you use your mouth, you begin to declare my word. You begin to say my word because my word never fails. My word never backs off. My word always prospers in what it's sent unto. My word cannot be stopped by anyone or anything. Open your mouth even when you don't feel like it. Get the word going. Go ahead and stand to your feet. Go ahead and get the clip ready. And I want you to see this is what's happening whenever we open our mouth in the spiritual realm right here. Go ahead. Here we go. 